DFL podcast. Welcome in. Uh, to anyone that'll listen, I'll always say, life is more enjoyable when you are doing what you want to do. Even for extended periods of time like this during quarantine, I think I'd rather be bored than super busy. Okay, bored is relaxing. Peaceful is peaceful. Good for the body, mind, good for the soul. Relieve some stress. You can de-stress, take your time. You know, while we're all quarantined, you kind of have opportunities where you get what you want to get done, but you can still pace yourself. Your thoughts are free. So when we all go back to work, it might not be pleasant times right away. Okay, some introverts may go through depression. We'll all be excited at first to get out of the house, to get back in the routine, see our coworkers. We'll be saying things like, I never realized how much I love this place. I missed my desk, but that traffic, that hour, whatever, half hour commute each way, you wake up to go to work, come home, time for bed again, realize you didn't do anything for you that day. That really bothers me. That's always bothered me. I've tried to fight against that more the past couple of years. Don't stay late at work. Don't stay really, really late at work regularly. Those are your hours that you'll never get back on this earth. It's so amazing. If you have the ability, if you have a cool boss or you're your own boss or you make your own hours as long as the work gets done, leave the office at 345. Leave the office at 4. See what it's like to go run an errand. Stop somewhere, visit a friend. Then you get home and it's still not even 5 yet. You'd just be leaving the office, sitting in traffic. Maybe. It's amazing. Soak up these days. Soak up all this free time. Get things done. Or get nothing done at all. Just enjoy not being on the clock for anyone or anything. And I hope you are having a safe and happy quarantine. So I love memes. I love all kinds of stuff on social media. Anything that'll make you laugh. It doesn't matter if it's at my expense or someone else's expense. I don't take things too seriously. But uh, I think it's really funny when Somebody posts something and then you look in the comments and someone just writes SMH, white people. Weird things that only white people do. Because white people do a lot of weird shit. Uh, If you don't know, I'm white, by the way. I was thinking, it's kind of funny, what's your whitest moment? So if you think about maybe the whitest thing you ever said or ever did, maybe you were shopping for Dockers pants or something, shopping for a pair of khakis, you ate like spaghetti and said this, this is too spicy. You ate a ate a taco and said this is too spicy. I don't know, like the whitest thing you ever did. If you ever had the whitest moment, and I was thinking of my whitest moment. <laughs> I think I know it. Uh, years back, I was at a live after five in Patchog, which is basically for anyone that doesn't know, it's a big street fair. I was a couple beers in, feeling really good. One more half of a beer away from being drunk, but I was definitely feeling good. And there was a live band, and it was a beautiful, sunny afternoon. And this band was playing a bunch of 80s tunes, you know, Journey and Bob Seger and stuff like that. And I think I just lit a cigar, and I had a beer in my hand, and I had a big grin on my face, buzzed. And I thought to myself, man, it would be great if I could push past a few of these people and get over there on the side of the stage and really quickly asked the guy if he could play some John Mellencamp, Pink Houses. Because I was just in the mood to hear that song. You know, you're just caught in the moment, and in your mind you have this perfect visualization of how the universe 
could just come together right now and do one perfect thing for you to make that moment even better, even cooler. They play one more song, and then the next song, he's like, all right, we're going to get into this one and go back to the 80s for you with some John Mellencamp. And I hear the guitar riff opening of Pink Houses, and I got like the biggest smile on my face. And I think I put my hands up in the air and I smoked my cigar and I drank my beer and listened and sang along with every word of the song and stomped my feet. And I think that was my whitest moment. (laughs) You know, I was thinking about this today. When I was a young boy, talking early 90s, if you were researching something for school or for your own personal reasons, the real authority on something was probably at the library. You would find a book. You would look in the encyclopedia. And right there before you, however it was written, that was the word, that was the fact that you believed. Um, You wanted to learn something about an animal. You would look in that encyclopedia. You wanted to learn something about a country. You would look it up. You would find a book all about India and read up about whatever you wanted to read. You wanted to learn about ancient Egypt. Who built the pyramids? You'd go to the library. The library still exists, but it's not really the way we get our knowledge anymore. It's not really the way we get our information, the way we research things anymore. You're doing it on your phone. You're doing it on your computer. And Google has become the encyclopedia, the internet as a whole. But Google controls what you can find and what you can't find. Yeah, TikTok is so big right now. TikTok's enormous. You know, Snapchat, Instagram, it all started really with YouTube. YouTube was the first place where you could go and watch a video that somebody made anywhere in the world, whether it was two seconds long or two hours long, and you could watch it repeatedly. And Google owns YouTube. And Google controls what you can find and what you can't find. You want to make peanut butter pie. You need a recipe for peanut butter pie. By the way, it's fucking delicious. If you're ever at an old school diner or some hole in the wall restaurant and you look at their dessert menu and they have peanut butter pie, just get it. Just order it. Whether or not you love peanut butter, you like chocolate, ask questions later. Just order it. You already picked something? Get two desserts. Get the peanut butter pie. Take it home in a to-go container. Have it at home the next day. But you want to find a recipe or anything. You, You bust out your phone, you go to Google. Or worse, you'd probably say, hey, Siri. I have that feature turned off on my phone. I used it for a while, but you'd probably say, hey, Siri, give me a recipe for peanut butter pie. And Siri does it for you. But, you know, you used to have to go to the library or buy a cookbook. We've gone from traveling to a place that was built with education in mind and looking at a trusted, published book to get our info. We went from that to now grabbing a device and asking a robot, to give us the answer. And we look at the first thing that comes up, maybe the second one that comes up. Maybe we click the first link, maybe we click the second link. Wow. This is the future. But you would see something written in an encyclopedia. You know, I wanted to learn about a honey badger. Go to the library, find a book. There were illustrations of honey badgers. There was the weird fucking Latin name for it. Honeyus badgerus, whatever. And you would look at it there and it would feel real. It would feel factual because you had to go and look up a book and use the Dewey Decimal System, whatever. And you would sit there quietly and research and study about the honey badger. And now you just say, hey, Siri, show me a honey badger. 
And there it is. And you're going to believe what Siri gave you because you don't have any fucking options. Because it's not like you're like, no, I don't like that, Siri. Give me the other page. This is the page. This is the page that, that it came up with. Google, you're going to see the top things, the top five, ten things on the first page. It's probably where you're going to stop because you're going to get everything you want in the first three pages. But Google is a privately owned company that controls the information we get. There was something trustworthy about going to a library and finding a book that a publisher decided to publish, a book that was okayed and approved down the line somewhere by somebody, and the library chose to put it on their shelves and make it available for you so that you can read it and you can trust the information you were getting there. But now I just say something in Google and I type it in or I say it to my phone and whatever comes up, up there at the top is what I've, that's what I've got. And I have no choice but to trust it. I guess what I'm saying is I have a hard time trusting it because it's originating from a search engine that's privately owned. You can always trust the library and what they have in there, right? Aside from books that are fiction, but I feel like you can trust the library. You can trust something that's part of the community or that's been built and provided for the public, but not owned by a single person or a single group. I guess that's my point. What you get, the caliber of information that you get from the internet, it's not exactly a digital library. It is a digital replacement for going to the library, but it's not an exact replacement digitally of the library. I think the credibility of it is different. The way the results are filtered is different. It's, it's like, what does Michael Scott say in the office about Wikipedia? Wikipedia is where anybody in the world could go and type in information so you know you're getting the best possible information. You know, in conclusion, I bring it up not because I think print is going to make a comeback, should make a comeback, or could make a comeback. Digital one. Okay, we get that. Digital one. All I'm saying is in life, when you're presented with a replacement, look at it closely. Challenge it. We live in a world with a lot of replacements. Splenda instead of sugar. Almond milk, soy milk instead of regular milk. Alternate sources of power, solar, electric. Ford makes the F-150 out of aluminum. It's superior in strength to steel, right? It absorbs the crash better, but you ever see a picture of an F-150 after it was on fire for a little bit? I have. There's hardly anything left. So Google and Hey Siri get you your answer in five seconds. Pretty efficient, pretty reliable, but it's all about convenience and moving forward and the digital age and not necessarily about performance and faithfulness to you in your quest for knowledge. Look closely when you're given a replacement, because it may serve the purpose, but is what it's giving you of the same fidelity as the original.